All right, we're on. Nick Basebra, what's going on, man? Not a whole lot. Glad to be here. Thanks for coming on, man. And you're uh, matching your theme of the brand with the hat right there, Based Living. So the first question I wrote down ties into it perfectly. What the hell does Based mean? For anybody out there that is like, who is Basebra? What does Based mean? Can you break it down for me? Yeah, I, it's a question I get a lot. And I think that based is a very subjective term. So if you look it up online, it's usually a term that people use uh, to signal their agreement to something. And I have seen people use the word based to agree with a large spectrum of things. Everything from, uh, you know... <laughs> getting on bare earth and drinking clean water and sunshine and healthy living and purpose and mission and stuff that's uh, more on my wavelength to people using the word based as a term of agreement to something super racist or even genocidal. Whoa. So Twitter is crazy. Online is crazy. And I think that, you know, it's a term that I'm monitoring, frankly, like, I want to see how this all plays out, but based could become the conception of it as it becomes more public could shift in my favor or not in my favor. And to me, I'm, I'm embodying my own definition of based. And I think that's what based really means is what's the core of your course. What is your true nature what are your first principles and value hierarchy and faith that you believe in? And whatever that is, is based to you and you should embody that. And I think that for me, I grew up with the mountains as my cathedral and the ocean as, you know, my God. And I've lived with much of my life has been going into nature um a big hunter big athlete and being based on the bare earth connected to mother nature is the epitome of based in my opinion like you're connected to something greater than yourself and you are living in alignment with your utmost truth you're speaking your truth you're living with authenticity and love in your heart and i think that those are two the two highest i don't i think that's proven but authenticity and love are the two highest frequencies we can measure in the brain and i think that you know it's going to be different for everyone it's something that's not it's going to cross all the political lines the religious lines the ideologies and philosophies it's going to be different for everyone but for me i want people to become a leader of their own soul, be an independent thinker and figure. And I think that a lot of these roads lead back to mother nature and, you know, there's something going on beyond this material reality, something bigger. And it's going to be different for everyone, but acknowledging that fact and basing your life and actions and thinking on what you truly believe in, I think is going to be the best way of explaining 
what based means. And so when I write from based bra, I'm just speaking my based truth and my authentic self and being unconditional and putting out into the world what I believe in. And, you know, to me, nature is, is that, and the pattern on a, on a tree or on the canvas of a sunset, it's so intricate and beautiful and otherworldly and inexplicable that it draws me to it and it makes me wanting to come back for more. I think a lot of these paths do lead to figuring out who you are and what you want to do. And I think that nature is a vehicle for that. If you go into the woods for eight hours and sit there with no phone, no stimulus, no nothing, you're going to come out as a different person, I think, for the better. And so this base bra thing is me speaking my truth, getting people into nature, getting people healthier, getting people more aligned and energetic, moving towards their personal North Star. And then I'm also working for this company disrupting the oil and gas industry and doing damage control on their emissions and their geopolitical nonsense. And to me, I'm doing that because it's aligned with my purpose, which is conserving nature, getting people into nature. Because the more people, the more nature I can conserve and the more people I can get into nature, the better the world is going to be, in my opinion. That's powerful, man. And I didn't realize that there were all these different connotations of based. Like your definition is much different than maybe the political definition of it. And I remember I first heard the word maybe a couple of years ago from like maybe my nerdier gamer friends, like they'd be like, that's based. And I just was like, that's so cringe. Like, what does that word mean? <laughs> but I think you've reframed what that actually means. Um, and I think you will have a pretty big say in how that word gets conveyed if you keep your brand as that. Because now I've started to associate it with like, oh, that's like some esoteric shit. That's some health shit. That's like some living in alignment shit. And I think that's like really what you're going for with the brand. But yeah, when did you first come across this word? And like, why did you name your Twitter account that out of anything? Well, I came across it when I was just sort of doom scrolling on Twitter one day. And I think I saw it on some esoteric health accounts and it just got me thinking it, it was an intriguing word I'm like what the fuck is this uh why is everyone saying base but it was always something it was always the the times I saw based commented it was under something I totally agreed with and I was like okay I kind of get I get it like based is more if I could put based into a box it's Moving, it's moving in the direction of truth, approaching truth. It's going to be different for everyone. But when I saw it online, I was like, that's definitely uh, something I believe in, or that's something that I think should be more prominent in the, in society or whatever. And so I was like, in the sauna, I'd just seen Soul Bra's account, I think probably. And I was like, I could fucking do this. Like, I, why, why yeah. don't I? And I, I was like, Base Bra is a great name, actually, pretty catchy. Um, looked up the username that wasn't taken. And I was inspired by a few accounts online. Um, I think a lot of accounts online 
can be misleading and can be uh, a bit performative and sort of inauthentic. And I'm from a marketing background, real estate background, entrepreneurship background. Those are my three things coming out of college. And I see the market getting super saturated with all of its messaging. It's like, yeah, okay. Everyone's saying, get in the ice bath ad nauseum. Everyone's saying, look at sunlight in the morning. Everyone's saying these things that it's just shifting into more of that creator economy where people care about you as the person. And it's, my whole goal with it is like, how can I be of service? How can I put value into the world? I've lived a unique life and I've learned a lot of things through my athletic career, college career, starting through companies. Um, you know, I'm young, I'm 26, but I believe I have a perspective that could be helpful to people. And also, you know, you could go to some fucking monastery in India for three years and get taught. Um, but you could also have someone tell you something in a certain way that clicks for you and your particular interface that makes you make three years of progress in one month all of a sudden. And I think that's where the value lies in having people voice their opinion is like, well, the way that David Goggins says something resonates with a lot of people, but it also doesn't resonate with a ton of other people. And so those people still are looking for a perspective that clicks with them. And if you put your voice out there, your unique perspective can click with people in a way that accelerates their progress towards, you know, whatever the overarching goal is. But for me, it's like elevating collective consciousness, really waking up to a lot of these things that are hemorrhaging our creativity and our energy and our spirit and subsequently our financial positions. And there's, there's a lot of tidal waves going on nowadays. And I just figured, why not? Let's see. It was more of a self-introspective like journal to begin with. And then my takes started getting steam and I was like, you know, I had some cycles at work and I was like, maybe I'll just throw out some threads things just started happening. And uh, I was actually like, I do really enjoy this. It's a very cool medium to get your ideas out. Uh, I don't have to be, you know, yapping my face off in front of a camera trying to clickbait people. It's like, you either read my shit and you like it and, or you don't and you scroll past and that's the game. But you don't have to play these flashy games like on TikTok or something. It's like, I got to have the music and I got to have the captions and I got to have the sound effects and the video effects and all the stuff. And it's like, I just want to be able to put my message out quickly, streamlined, boom. And so that was the birth of based bra. <laughs> nice. Yeah. That's the crazy thing about Twitter to me, like in comparison to these other social medias, it's so much more raw. You don't have to like sell your soul to an algorithm as much. I mean, of course there's some that goes into that, but it's wild because I was very similar to you with like why I started writing. It was just a form of self-expression and I would just like document my ideas and document my life. And as you get into it more, then you start being like, okay, wow, I can use this as a vessel for service. I can use this as a vessel to help people solve their problems. And I love that point you touched on about like raising the collective consciousness. That's a topic that I've been really thinking about a lot lately, like how the creator economy could be humanity's vehicle for leveling up and reaching that next evolution of consciousness so 
Yeah. Twitter X as it's now called is super, super powerful. And you hit on a topic there about like one perspective can make you leap forward like three years in personal development very quickly. And I've had some experiences that have definitely done that for me. But for you, looking back in the past, like, was there anybody in particular whose message just caused like a huge leap for you or maybe a moment or a period of time where you just had rapid personal development? Hmm. That's a great question. There have been a, a lot of people like that in my life and Twitter has been very impactful. The most prominent figures though would be my athletic coaches that I've had. Uh, and the contrast is stark between a good coach and a bad coach. And so I had seven, seven head coaches in 13 years of athletic competition. And there were some good ones and there were some really bad ones. The best one was my first two years at university was getting coached by a guy that had won, I want to say eight or nine NCAA championships. He had led the team um, in on every level, on a communication level, on a motivation level, discipline level, systems level. And I just learned what it really took to be a champion. Like, what does it really take to excel and have absolute, to the nth degree, meticulous design for success? And those were the most, that was, that was the most like impactful coach that I had had because up until that point, I actually had never been instilled by a coach with belief that I could do it. That was, that was that acceleration of 10 years was when I got on board and suddenly there was no, um, it was explicit that he could, he believed I could go to the Olympics. He believed I could ski on the world cup, be a captain of the team, be just an incredible athlete. He's shattered those perceptual sheer ceilings that I had installed myself and also had scaffolding around from other coaches and certain experiences with those coaches where, you know, I never had coaches outwardly be like, I don't believe in you, of course, but there was never any explicit, like, you can do this. Like, I see this potential in you. And that was a big, like, lending hand that he gave me after my skiing, uh, I skied full-time for a year after high school. Didn't have a spot on any team, um, but I put in some good results at the end of the year, and he lent out the hand and pulled me aboard and best ski team in the country, and I was like, let's go. And um, this was also in tandem with the assistant coach of the team who was the most winning ski racer in collegiate history he had just graduated from another ski team and so he was 26 my age now and from norway and he had literally just been through it so you have this like older guy instilling belief in you and then you have the younger guy being like this is exactly what i did to become the best 
here you go. Mm-hmm. And I made more progress in those two years under those coaches than the five years prior. And so that was, that's probably my best example. Um, there's been creators online, of course, and it's, it started with, you know, uh, Joe Rogan and, then it branches off into yeah. a bunch of his different guests that he's brought on. Um, Aubrey Marcus was a big one in the beginning for me too, because he had started on it, which was a sports nutrition company. I had started a sports nutrition company basically like right when he started kind of podcasting. And so I was able to learn a lot from him, get his perspective on things. But, you know, I, I've listened to plenty of people. I'm a bit of a serial podcast uh, consumer and so the amalgamation of all of their wisdom it just keeps getting poured on and on and on and then it's sort of like you you create a node with each podcast and then over time those nodes can begin to get connected to different things that you've learned and so it's more of like this comprehensive new age technology digital era that we're living in and i'm just leveraging the fuck out of that i'm just like full on the gas yeah to the point of fault to the point of fault at times where i'm realizing like you know okay it's great to learn things but learning a ton without putting anything into action is um actually worse you learn better through doing and so that's that's probably my best answer to your question. Um, there are other people on Twitter and stuff that we could get into, but that's probably my best answer. Yeah. You hit on a ton of things. I love there, especially that last piece with like having mentors through the internet that don't even have to know you exist. That's what I love the most about podcasts and lectures and reading online is because you can ingrain somebody's worldview and philosophy into your own head and you can kind of use them as a reference point for making decisions. So like for me, I feel like I've consumed so much of Naval Ravikant that his principles are so deeply ingrained in my psyche that now I'm making decisions in my real life with his opinion in mind, even if he will never know who I am. And that's Mm -hmm. the most powerful part of the internet. Another piece that you hit on there is like, people seeing something in you that you can't see in yourself and like changing those beliefs and giving you that reassurance that like you can do it. I've had so many coaches in before the creator economy, like in sports and within the creator economy that have just propelled me forward because they just shattered a belief that I had. Like, I remember I did a podcast with Danny Miranda, like seven, eight months ago. And after the podcast, he just made a a really simple offhand comment that will probably stick with me forever. He's like, dude, you got it, bro. Like you can do this for real. And just hearing that from him, I was like, whoa, like maybe I actually can. And then I took Justin Scott's cohort and he said the same thing to me. And just coming through those limiting beliefs and realizing like if the people you look up to see it in you that you can do it too you have no reason but to not execute on it. So that's super, super powerful, man. And that speaks to the power of coaching, like even within the creator economy, whether it's out of the creator economy, just finding people that believe in you when you don't necessarily see it in yourself. So Mm -hmm. super powerful. So I mentioned Naval as like a huge influence on me. I'm curious for you, like, are there people you hold in your head, like often to base, not to, use based but to base your decisions off of in your day-to-day yeah so literally legitimately in my head i do hold them and so yeah there's there's the 
roundtable of invisible counselors concept from think and grow rich uh mm-hmm. that's been expanded upon and i've written about this before but basically i have a room in my head that i go to through like a four-step process i will visualize my way into this room where i hold court at the table and i won't i won't give you all my counselors but like i've got theodore roosevelt in there i've got jocko willink i've got lex i've got aubrey marcus i've got joe rogan i've got um yeah a few other guys that and i chose these guys you know there's other people out there that are also equally if not more inspiring to me the thing is i've consumed so much content from those people that i just listed out books on teddy roosevelt obviously podcasts and books from other people and what i'll do and to your point of like basing your actions with the opinion of like naval in the back of your head i will just go to them almost every day visualizing the round table and i will ask them questions i will also praise them i'll go around the circle and be like you know theodore roosevelt i wish to gain inner resilience and confidence confidence and decisiveness for the better of humanity humanity through your insights i'll go through and sort of like cliff note all right this guy does this this guy does that this guy has these valuable pillars that he based his life on i'll ask them questions and i will literally just let them banter on a subject and it's so interesting because it's like all right well i'm asking teddy a question and my idea and perception of teddy is how the answer is going to be portrayed and because i hold him in such high esteem he's going to have a very interesting answer to me that is i think the creation of this third brain where you're 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 literally accessing like the creativity through the interface of your idea of someone and when you do that the conversations I have in my head with these fucking guys are insane, but also the ideas I'm like, I can't believe that just happened in my head. The ideas will be so unique and stick with me. And it keeps me steering the boat of my life in a very particular way. Um, because you hold it. It's a very real, it becomes very real, very real. The whole room, like I have the vision, it's visualized to the nth degree. I know the type of cigar fucking Joe's smoking. Like that makes it so real. And you sort of go deep into this different state where I think you're really tapped into whatever you want to call it, the quantum field, the outer known source, um, because you're giving your subconscious you're suggesting to your subconscious, like, okay, here's the question. Here's a conversation. I literally put like the left brain thinkers on the left side of my table, the right brain thinkers on the right side of my table. And I'll ask, when I ask a question, I ask a particular member of the table that question. And then I'll even like contrast who's sitting across from each other. Um, So like, Lex, super serious dude, is sitting across from Aubrey Marcus, who's more 
esoteric, whimsical, whatever you want to call it. And they'll butt heads and they'll flesh out an idea from two very different perspectives that can then, and at the very end of the table, sitting directly across from me is like my wise old man self, me mm, as yeah. the high, as my highest self, sort of like wise old man on top of the hill with a beard type vibe. Um, but it's my ideal of me. And you'll chime in when something rings really true. And I'm like, I'm baffled. You know, some of the insights I get, it's a really powerful, I'm a really, really big believer. I'm very bullish on visualization in many capacities. Um, this is a way to really navigate life with, with more confidence and trust in oneself. It's like, I'm not just alone in this. I have, I have insights from people and it makes you, the more you know about Lex Friedman, the more your mind understands how he would likely respond to something. And so it becomes this automatic process. And so I just went on a huge tangent, but that's, that's who lives in my head um, on a daily basis. And then I have other, you know, I think about insights from other people as well, of course, but this is a basis of uh one of my practices that's powerful dude i i did not expect you to go that deep into it but i love it i've not taken it to that level it's been more like roughly just like okay what would naval say what would uh what would warren buffett say what would these guys say but like really visualizing a table and like having that dialogue in your head you're almost stepping outside of yourself which is really powerful and as you were talking I was thinking about this journaling exercise I've been doing that I learned from Alex Hormozzi called the Solomon exercise, Solomon journal, where it's your older self who you're having a conversation with. So I've been doing this over the past couple of weeks and I literally sit down, I get a dialogue going and I write like 22, which is my current age. And I've asked myself a question and then I answer from the perspective of my 85 year old self who's figured it all out. And I come to conclusions and answers that I don't think I would have had, had I just been trying to think about it myself. So like finding ways to step outside yourself is extremely powerful. Another thing that came to my mind with this is with all these new AI tools, I think in the future, like you will actually be able to have a conversation with these people and like have a dialogue with them and get their opinion. I know I was listening to this quote from Steve Jobs, like a couple of weeks ago. And he was like, imagine a future where you could talk to Socrates on your computer. And like he said this 30 years ago, and now it's like, oh, it's actually becoming a reality. So that would be incredibly interesting to actually like sit down. And instead of just talking to chat GPT, you go face to face with Steve Jobs and you're like, hey, what should I do in this situation? 100%. I mean, I, I can't go into details, but... I'm creating something very similar to that and it's going to be leveraging AI to the nth degree and it's going to be very powerful in, in reprogramming the program you're running on your motherboard and your brain there, you know, we grew up in tech, the technology era where everything that you see on a day-to-day -day basis is programming you every single thing. Mm -hmm. Even a walk in nature is programming you, but it's a very visceral, very potent program that you receive when you look at your phone or your computer or you scroll 
there's noise, there's sounds, there's flashing, there's talking heads, it's right in your face, it's like bang. And a lot of people look at these devices early in the morning and late at night when their subconscious is most suggestible to being programmed. And so this product that I'm making is going to basically be able to wipe your subconscious um, clean if you want. People, people also have programs that are maybe negative, but also beneficial as like a fuel source. Like you can go very, very deep on this stuff, but ultimately we all hold self-limiting beliefs and um, thought patterns that are not conducive to a future that we want. And so we can leverage new technology and the understanding of brain waves and frequency and vibration to create a state change that is lasting. Like you can, you can reprogram your subconscious mind to work for you instead of against you. And I think many people are living in a place where they're swimming upstream with their subconscious every single day. And they're ultimately unhappy and unfulfilled and not very productive because of it. And I think it's actually much more simple than people think. You don't have to go to a monastery and meditate for eight years to fix your problems. You can actually do a you know hard reset mental override on the way that your thinking is to lead you to where you really want to go in life, which is more of, you know, we can get into that, but it's a it's an exciting time to be alive and in a, you know modern problems require these modern solutions and there's a lot of innovation that's really exciting yeah i love how you're thinking about this and i'm super excited to see where this goes with this this idea you have yeah i have you made a test <laughs> no i would love to i would love to be a, a guinea pig or a test dummy for this it sounds awesome but yeah man like rewiring your brain or rewiring your subconscious like it sounds really out there and like super esoteric but i can speak to having that direct experience from something like a psychedelic trip where you're literally rewiring those neural pathways and programming yourself into the person you want to become and those couple times that i've done that it's only been a couple days in my life i can look back and each one was a significant turning point to me becoming a higher version of myself. And I'm curious if you've had any experiences similar with psychedelics, without psychedelics to really rewire yourself towards where you want to go. Yeah, that's a great question. And I have, you know, there, it can be very simple, actually. Um, your subconscious brain loves repetition, first and foremost. And so I'll give my own personal example that people can apply right here, right now is uh, I was concussed, concussed myself doing breath work, passed out on a bench, whiplashed my head on the bench and was out for like a month from full-blown training. And this was a month and a half before Olympic trials. Um, so I healed myself first and foremost using the breath work. Um, I wrote a thread on everything else I did, but one thing that I didn't write in the thread was I was still training to an extent. Um, and I was immediately like, I was always getting these headaches. I passed out skiing once I was like, just hitting the mental override button. And what I was doing was repeating 
a mantra in my head and speaking out loud as well. And I was doing this mental override of my brain is healthy. 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 I can't remember if this was the exact mantra, but it was like over, 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 not even giving any airtime to any other thoughts, just mantra Mm. for like two hours scheme nonstop. I think I probably did a couple sessions where I didn't have a break between mantras whatsoever. And I willed myself back to health in this way. I programmed my mind to believe it and my body followed. Your body and mind are inextricably linked in this way. And if you let your body dictate your like health and place in the world, you're going to slowly deteriorate into a place that's not what you want to be into a non-optimal state for performance or for anything, frankly. Um, And I have a lot of different scenarios where I did this mental override practice of just repeating and saying things out loud too is very powerful. It literally is vibrating your body in a certain way when you say certain things with a certain intention and energy behind them. And that manifests in the code of your DNA in your cells. And so that's like a cheap, free, easy way to begin programming yourself. Um, Or you then implement technology with a binaural beat track that's telling you certain thing every single day. And you do it when your brain's in theta waves, right when you wake up, right before you go to bed, blah, blah, blah. Um, And it'll imprint on your mind and your subconscious in a very potent way when you do it right before bed, particularly. Um, So those are, that's one example of many. I've had um, three professional athletes do go through my coaching program. And I did these techniques on all of them and they had, they realized it is a program that you're running. It's a supercomputer inside your skull and your thinking can be changed and it can your, your thinking and your beliefs and your physical state can all be changed because, you know, your spoken word is a exemplary example of using will your willpower it's a manifestation of your willpower the spoken word your breath is a manifestation of your willpower um for example and so when you apply the consciousness into your the conscious intention the conscious action you imprint that on the world and your space your body it becomes your reality. I'm a huge believer in that. And so I've had wild success with clients doing that where they're fucking nervous all year long and they, they're psyching themselves out and they can't get into flow state and they can't get, you know, under par and whatever. And then they reprogram their mind and suddenly it is effortless. It is designed that way. Yeah. I'm right there with you, dude. Like you're bringing back memories from, Let's say two, three years ago when I was in college, I had a lot of confidence issues and like social anxiety issues. And my friend who was a psychology nerd at the time, and he got me into psychology, which kind of sent me down this whole rabbit hole of like the mind and everything. He was like, dude, listen to this when you go to sleep. And it was one of those sleep binaural soundtracks where it's like a certain wave frequency. 
And it would just repeat all night. Like, I am confident. I am motivated. I can do anything I want. And at the time, I was like, all right, I don't know if this would actually work. But looking back two, three years, I'm much more confident. I'm much more motivated. And can I say that was exactly why? I don't know. But it probably played a little bit of a role into it. A couple other things you said that sparked some ideas as you were talking were, I read this book by... Kamal Ravikant, which is Naval's brother, called um, How to Love Yourself, I believe it's called. Mm. And what he did is he was in a horrible down place. Like he was a CEO, his company failed, girlfriend broke up with him, horrible place. And he just repeated to himself over and over and over again, I love myself. I love myself. Like every time he went in the mirror, he would say it to himself. And eventually he pulled himself out of that pit and he credits that with it. And he wrote an entire book about it, which is a really interesting read. I would definitely recommend checking it out. And then another book that comes to mind that we both read is the master key system. And the one affirmation in that book that always sticks in the top of my mind is I can be what I will to be. That is something I tried to repeat to myself like fairly often ever since reading that book. And it's crazy because your conscious mind, your conscious will programs your subconscious and that programs your entire identity. And like this idea that you can program who you are through the power of intentional will and intentional thought, it's so esoteric and out there, but at the same time, it makes so much practical sense. Like it, it's so interesting. I wonder if the mainstream will turn on to these ideas of affirmation and law of attraction and all these things that Right now, it seemed to be when you tell people like very out there. Yeah, I mean, I think that it does sound out there to the layman. <laughs> I, I think <laughs> yeah. that there's, if you have a certain understanding of frequency, you have a certain understanding of vibration, you have a certain understanding of as within, so without, you have a certain understanding of you know, a, a certain understanding that you don't understand. You come at it from the Socratic method in anything, like, why would I believe in anything that doesn't make me stronger, that doesn't give me more control over my reality? I, I would rather take the side of believing it than being pessimistic and critical because my life is so shit. How is this going to fix my life? Well, at a certain point, you're just shooting yourself in the foot. I think if you are, you know, the science behind it all is esoteric and, but there are many such cases of people bringing their reality to fruition that they desired. And I think that if you look at the most successful people that have ever walked the earth, they all visualized and they all you know, declared what they wanted in life and they made it known. That's why I think that like knocking on wood is like kind of cucked because <laughs> I think that like you ask for something in life and then you're going to immediately knock on wood, hoping that the opposite reaction doesn't happen. It's so negative. It's so, mm -hmm. it's almost like you don't believe in what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Like you have to believe it with every ounce of your body. And if you are able to put yourself in a state physiologically and mentally of where you want to be. And that's the whole, that's the whole shtick with manifestation, just act and believe and think as if what you have, you already have it, what you want, 
is already yours. Mm -hmm. And this is true in many ways. And this has been something that's been revealed to me through um, working with a meditation coach on Twitter, Lee St. John. We have everything that we need within us already. And if you can focus on the subtle flame of joy and love and acceptance and wholeness and harmonious a harmonious state of being that you can access at any time then it's it all falls away the scaffolding the social programming all the nonsense can fall away and you can just be and embody that beacon of light and you can embody whatever you want to be that's moving in the direction of truth your own truth that's based as fuck and i really think that your reality is going to manifest itself in some way from there you know you can drive from california to texas in the middle of the night and you know you're going to a certain city in Texas, but you can't see the city. You can only see 200, 300, 400 feet in front of you the whole time. Mm -hmm. But you move with faith and acceptance through each mile all the way to Texas and believing you're going to make it. And you don't know the vehicle. You don't know if a deer is going to jump out in front of you. You don't know if there's going to be a detour or whatever, but you have faith and you're just acting in the moment. The present moment is your seat of personal power. And if you can act from there, I, I just think that people will and should latch onto it because it gives people power of their lives, control over their lives to an extent. Of course, you have to, you know, juxtapose this with paradoxically, I'm in control and I nothing is in my control. But I think mm -hmm. that if you are to boil it down, you can control your thoughts. You can control your spoken word. And that is where you can shape your reality. If there was one medium, one interface to be able to sculpt your reality, it would be your inner voice and your outer voice. And that gives people power. It gives them some independence within themselves and then of their lives. I love that. And I love Lee too. I had him on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. That guy's, that guy's awesome. Uh, he's speaking from a real place of truth and authenticity. I, you can sense it. Mm -hmm. I love the piece you also hit on with vision. And I was writing about this the other day. A couple of examples that came to mind, like Arnold Schwarzenegger visualized himself winning Mr. Olympia when he was like 14 in the countryside of Austria. Like he visualized that, he knew it to be true, and then he took the actions to get there. Steve Jobs visualized the iPhone in his pocket before it ever was a thing. Edwin Land, the inventor of Polaroid, envisioned a camera that could capture the present moment 10 years before he actually invented it and made it come to fruition. So the power of vision is so important. But I think most people, they don't have that defined vision. They don't know where they're going. And so they kind of float aimlessly through life. So for you, like, what does that vision look like for you? What is that crystal vision? Where are you going? I, to me, I want to be heroic to my loved ones, my community, the environment, and the less fortunate through positive inspiration and action to elevate collective consciousness. And that's my purpose statement. And that's what I embody on a day-to-day -day basis. And that's 
the light force coursing through my fucking veins every single day. I keep that at the forefront. I keep that at the top. I understand the North Star. I see the North Star every day. I remind myself of that North Star every single day. So much so, so that that statement has ingrained itself into my day-to-day actions and my identity through osmosis. And so I think that, you know, people definitely have a hard time knowing where they want to go. And as you can tell, like my purpose statement, it still leaves a lot open. And that's because I'm only 26 and don't know exactly what I want to do, but I need it to be along those themes. Otherwise, I will not care and I will not be optimized. I will not be productive Mm. and I will not live a life of mission and duty and honor and integrity and commitment. And I think a lot of people are stuck in the place where it's not fully committed yet. They, they're, you know, standing on the edge of the cliff. And I think people don't understand that you have to, you have to really decide to jump. You have to be decisive. If you do it half-assed, the middle is where you'll die. The middle in anything in life, I think, is where dreams go to die. And mm-hmm. there's val- validity in not jumping and perhaps getting yourself to a place where then you can jump sometimes in life you're not in a position to embody your mission yet you have to just get some resources together and get your bills paid and you know take care of your mother or something you know people have a wide array and i think that gets overlooked when people are like oh you just need a purpose statement and your life's going to be way better and it's like that's not the full truth um there's a element of kicking and scratching your way to a place where then you can get into a positive feedback loop. For me, I sort of realized this early on and I felt aimless still. Um, Even though I was running a company and I was, you know, competing at a very high level and going to school and getting good grades and blah, blah, blah. Like I didn't have a North star and So I decided, you know, I had taken some courses. I decided to just create a document for myself. Um, Called it the MAD formula. It was the same name as my company, but MAD stands for Mind Above Defeat. And it became the working document of my life. And I would visit it every single day. It had images that were inspiring to me. But more importantly, it had my explicit purpose statement, my mantra, my ethos, my principles, my value hierarchy, my mental framework and how to deal with something in a time of adversity. And then it had routines and it had everything. I I like put so many different important elements of my life onto this sacred scroll. And this became suffused in my identity and my body. And I would walk through life knowing what I was about, even though my purpose statement changed multiple times over the past five years, it was written down and it was in my mind every single day. And that made me move in a very different way through this world. And I think that that's where someone needs to start. If they don't have the vision yet, if they don't have the purpose statement yet, you know, people are waiting for their destiny to be revealed to them without doing what needs to be done in order for it to be revealed to them in the first place. And step mm-hmm. one, in my opinion, is write down where you want to go. It doesn't have to be perfect. Write down what do you believe in? Write down, you know, how am I going to deal with life? 
when shit goes awry. Get it down on paper and begin to just program yourself with this document. And that programming has stayed with me through the past five years, almost six years now. And that's given me this like, everything's the mission then. Every single thing. I don't need to rely on, you know, some protocol that I saw on some talking head online. It's like, I just do it because that's what needs to be done in order to, Mm -hmm. you know, be my highest self and constantly asking yourself, what would the most successful version of me be doing is great if you have that idea of success. If you don't, then you're still just a, a, a feather in the wind. So that would be my advice to anyone that, you know, and this is really the centric system that I have people go through in my coaching program is first and foremost, you know, you got to be a CEO of your life. Let's get the CEO company outlined down. And then we can go COO and go into health and get your systems better on that. And then, all right, let's take this North Star that you've had, this overarching vision that you have now put down on paper explicitly, and let's break it down like a systems engineer into mm-hmm. daily habits and daily actions that you then, then you move in alignment. Then, you know, eating junk food is, it, why would I do that? Doing things that aren't aligned with where I'm going becomes very easy when it's at the forefront. So um, I think it's something that's missing in society right now. And that's, you know, that's what's been fulfilling me and keeping me being a content creator is like, the messages I get and the improvements that people make in their own lives, that's super fulfilling to me. Um, and that bolsters my, my progress and keeps me moving forward with, with ferocity. So that's phenomenal. And it's very interesting to me that we've come to a similar conclusion about like reverse engineering that vision. Cause with my coaching clients too, it's the exact same protocol that I stumbled upon like just through experimentation, it's like, take that vision, let's break it down into like a yearly goal, let's break it down into weekly systems, and let's break it down into daily habits. And it sounds so overly simplistic, but all you have is the day to day, all you have is the present moment, like you said, and if you can just align those actions each day, each week, each month with that vision, you're going to go a lot farther than if you didn't ever do that in the first place. And Another piece I like that you said about the vision is like, it's going to evolve. Like the first iteration is not going to be your final vision, but to reach that final vision, that final North star, you have to get a first iteration down on paper. You have to have some idea to move towards something. And as you move towards that, and as you accomplish it, then it evolves. Like for me, when I started in this content game, like a year ago, my only vision with it was just escape the nine to five and be able to have freedom over my schedule and location. Once I solved that problem, I reached this point where I got super burnt out and I had no, no motivation, but it was because I stopped going for something. I stopped having a vision. And then I realized quickly, okay, what really fulfills me? It's serving people. And now that vision is evolving as my journey has evolved, but whatever stage you're at, you have to get that first iteration down and start moving towards it. And then that huge vision will evolve as you evolve. But something I notice about your content in particular is like the energy like jumps off the page. It's very apparent that you are in a very high energetic creative state when you're writing. So 
would you attribute that to that vision? Is that what's fueling your energy on a day-to-day basis and in the creative process? Yes and no. I would say that when I'm writing, I, I appreciate that comment, by the way. It made my day. Um, because gotcha. that is what I'm going for is there there is a element of inspiration that I'm trying to give people. And it's not as easy when you don't have uh, you know, a video and a cool soundtrack and a bunch of flashing colors and whatever. It's like, how do you motivate someone through just this the written word? Um and I think that to me, first and foremost, like you need to embody what you're preaching. Otherwise, people can tell. And I think there's a specific resonance that comes off of each and every tweet, each and every Instagram post, whatever, um, that the viewer feels, the consumer can tell. Um, And when I'm writing, I find that the higher state of consciousness I'm in, the more likely it is to like do really well online. Um, And this is a pattern that I found because of, you know, during this journey of creating content, I've had a lot of things, uh, a lot of rugs pulled under me and a lot of adversity that I've had to overcome. And it's been interesting to tweet in a place where I'm, where the walls walls are caving in on me and life is not going the way uh, I hoped it would. And sometimes that'll still resonate because people, you know, vulnerability is also a very powerful tool, like relatability, like, look, I'm in this with you. I'm not some fucking guru. I'm not, you know, Steve Jobs. I'm a human being. And each and every person that's tweeting online or making content, they're a deeply flawed individual, as am I. And anyone posturing as though they're perfect is faking it. And it's just performative Mm -hmm. and inauthentic then. So I approach it all trying to be as authentic as possible. And I find that the mission is definitely, you know, I, I will write something and I'm like, that's not, that's not it. That's not aligned with my energy or my passion or my purpose. That's not um, something I'm going to put out, but then I'll rework it. I'll kind of take a step back maybe go for a walk or I'll literally just sit there. I'll close my eyes and try to just get in touch with that subtle flame of, of my based core, try to open myself, relax, let my mind um, get out of some rigid way of thinking and become more fluid, sort of like heat up the mind, heat up the machinations of the mind to the point where suddenly I'll just, so uh, more often than not, I'll get struck with some lightning. I'm like, boom, oh shit, I see. I need to rewrite this in this way. And there there we go. And then it'll go viral. <laughs> and I'm like, oh. if I hadn't done that and if I had forced it, if I had it, everything, and this, this is a parallel in everything in life. It just so happens that we're talking about writing, but no matter what you're doing, if you're going against your nature and your truth, it becomes so much harder and so much mm-hmm. more difficult. And mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be something that you love doing, something that you love. Like, so, there are so many things I do in my day-to-day job that I'm like, fuck this. But I'm doing it with intensity and purity because I know that this is just another vein that is in alignment with my 
purpose, even though it doesn't feel that way, even though inputting contacts into a CRM is not, you know, embodying my purpose in a way it actually is. I'm moving another step in that way. And so I do, to, to get back to your question, like after a workout, after a meditation, after a, uh, if uh, some breath work, usually I like to tweet from a place that is as close to my truth as possible. And I find that I get closer to God when I'm in nature, when I finished a workout, when I just did something really difficult, um, or if I'm going through something super difficult, that is like making reality very raw. I'm looking at reality from a very raw and unfiltered place. And if I can then create something true and authentic from that place, it resonates with people. And that's sort of been my like strategy is, uh, you know, I don't want to just like have a normal morning and sit down and like try to come up with some earth shattering creative insight into something that no one else has thought of. It's like, it's not that simple. You have to, in a way, unlock your vibrational and frequency of state. And then to operate from that place, no matter if it's tweeting or going into a business meeting or going to talk to your mother, whatever it is, you're going to operate better because you're aware and you're open and you're more accepting and you're apt to speak your truth and be unconditional. Yeah. It's almost like getting yourself out of the way and like letting that creativity or inspiration flow through you. There's a, there's actually a quote from Rick Rubin's book, the creative act. He's like, genius is letting inspiration flow through you. And that sticks really top of mind because it's like, it's not necessarily you doing the thing. It's something more. And it's all about getting yourself out of the way, just subtly throughout the day, like not trying to implant your own ego into the work, but just letting yourself be that vessel for creativity. Now that's easier said than done. But I think some of those practices you said, like getting into nature, cold, doing breath work, like those are all practices to get yourself and get all your neuroses out of the way and just act from this place of purity. So I love that. It's something that I've got to make sure I'm tapping into more. Um, something else that I've noticed about you is you have like a very high action threshold, it seems. And off that, like I saw one of your tweets was talking about how like dopamine from the phone is like wrecking your brain essentially. But at the same time, it seems like you have a very high action threshold to like respond to messages quick to like shorten that gap between idea and execution. So how do you balance the dopamine hit that comes from technology in the phone while keeping that action threshold high? Because it's something that I'm really trying to work on myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's the modern battle for everyone. It's like you have this fucking phone that your fingertips 24-7 pretty much that has the capacity to just absolutely blow your dopamine and your motivation and program you and all, all the stuff. For me, this gets back to just being based, moving in the approaching truth, approaching my truth. And that's where... I will live from more of a place of instincts and intuition and, and try to cultivate my nature, my move almost in a automatic state of being where mm -hmm. 
my consciousness is out of the way and my subconscious has taken over for my day where I'm still present, but I'm operating from a place of profound knowledge and wisdom and quick thinking that is the subconscious mind. And that's that's what you're tapping into in like a conversation like this. I don't know what my next word is going to be, but I'm saying the next word anyways, because I'm operating yeah. from my subconscious place, not letting my ego and my social programming and my conscious mind get in the way of these things. And that's where, you know, okay, the program is all of the efforts and energy of the program are directed towards this North star. And when that is explicitly clear and I'm operating from that place, then everything is quick. Everything is of my nature. And my nature I know is more of a go, 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 go type of nature that actually has been an Achilles heel for much of my life. And I've been working Mm. through that with my coach where it's like, you got to slow the fuck down. Like, where are you heading to? Mm -hmm. And so I'm not going to boast and say that like moving really quickly is better because it's not if you're moving quickly in the wrong way and for the wrong reasons. But if you're moving in the right way with the right reasons and you're moving in a place of presence and allowing your nature, your intuition and your instincts to be the guide, then everything becomes easy. And it's like, well, why would I not respond to this text right away? Why would I not uh, post this tweet right away? Why wouldn't I get on the call with the guy right now or complete this shitty task that I don't want to do, but I'm going to do it anyways, because I know that this is, this is the way. And um, yeah, action threshold, I think also is, there's a, there's an aspect of nurture here where you know, my nature is more go, 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 get things done, blah, blah, blah. But my upbringing has been with, has had a huge emphasis on time management, discipline of the mind, of the body, of the routine, um, and just right, right action and right thinking. How can I be as efficient and optimized in every single thing that I do? And that's been my whole life. And so I feel that since 23 years old or so, I have just become more of this well-oiled machine where it's easy for me to do all these things. And it's, it is ingrained into my nature to be super decisive and be leading my soul down the path that I know is the way for me. And so it's a bit of an esoteric answer for you, but I would say if people get, people need to get out of their own way a little bit and just lean into their nature because it's way more powerful, way more of an accelerant and, where they want to go. Yeah, I resonate deeply with that. And it's been something that's been top of mind for the last four to five months or so. I actually, I did an LSD trip with a good friend in Argentina. And the one thing that just kept popping in my mind was like, act in accordance with your nature, act in accordance with your nature and like act from that place of intuition. And I think I probably got anchored on that idea from Marcus Aurelius, like meditations. He all, he talks about that throughout the book, like what is in alignment with your true nature. And it's kind of come full circle over the past week or two. And I'm curious your perspective on this. So I was going really hard with a monk mode to build out my free course that I released yesterday and all this stuff. And I was waking up at like 4.30, taking cold shower, like just grinding. And over the past week or two, I have 
tried to flip the script and go completely completely to the other end of the spectrum where I'm just operating from more intuition and acting natural. And I'm realizing my bedtime has suddenly gone back to like midnight and my wake up time is like 8 a.m. But coincidentally, I'm so much more creative. I'm so much more energized. And from like 8 p.m. to midnight, that's where like all my greatest ideas are happening. But I wasn't giving myself that space because I was fighting against my nature rather than flowing with it. So it's something I'm kind of battling with right now. Like which direction do I want to head? Because I see a lot of benefits to like being the guy who wakes up early, just gets shit done. But I see another benefit to act in accordance with your natural sleep chronotype, your natural biology, and just act as much in accordance with nature and creativity and productivity will flow from that. So I'm curious your take on that nuanced situation. Yeah. I mean, I'll start off by saying I've done the exact same shit that you've been doing. <laughs> yeah. Like I've had the periods where I'm up at four and I'm going to bed at nine. And for me, it doesn't really jive as well. I always, you know, can't really sleep enough and maybe that would change yeah. in time. But what I do now is, you know, I think that my first point is there's, there's an element of a physiological element at play too, where not only are you, so the physiological aspect, the nature and getting in touch with your nature, for me, I understand that I'm connected to mother nature to a great degree. And so I have found the most success when I literally follow the sunrise time mm -hmm. from my wake up. It's like, okay, I wake up five minutes before the sunrise and that's when I start my day. And I, you know, when the sun's down, then I'm toning down my day. Um, and that is bolstering my own nature by following nature in the, its own cycle. But that doesn't have to be the way that you do things. And I think that actually, you know, lately I've been overriding getting up at the sunrise because it's not early enough. We had daylight savings mm -hmm. times. Now it's at like 6.50. So instead I just do, you know, I shift it a little earlier. I get up at like 5.45 and um, still able to sleep a lot. But I also still get that time before I go to bed, the 7 p.m. to 11, 7 p.m. to midnight where... I think that's where a lot of people have a ton of creative potential, latent potential is during those hours for multiple reasons that we could get into. A lot of them are esoteric, but my theory is that when you're falling asleep and you're not listening to anything, you're just sort of trying to relax. It's a meditation in and of itself where you are actively releasing the machinations of your ego and your conscious mind. And it allows your subconscious mind's intelligence to come to the surface and reveal itself. And that's when you're like, bam, I just got a great idea. Oh, that's a great, you know? Yeah. And throughout the day, you don't necessarily get to that place as much unless you are meditating middle of the day or something like that. You're usually subdued by a lot of obligations and people calling you and texting you and all the stuff. So I think that people just need to lean into what what jives with them and what gives you the most energy? What is the best? You're in a certain season of your life, most likely. What is most conducive to you really hammering through it in a way that's beneficial? And so 
there have been times when it's like, I have to get up at 4am every single day, because we are in a surge right now. And then there's times like now where I've basically gotten a system perfected where it's like, okay, I understand my energy. I know exactly when I'm going to bed. I know exactly when I'm shitting. I know exactly when I'm eating. I've got the creative period of my day. I've got the administrative period of my day. I've got the deep work executive period of my day. And these allow me to uh, put my life into a sustainable system my routine is a sustainable system that is you know just nailing the coffin day after day and it's going to be different for everyone of course but that would be you you want to do things that feed your nature and so another thing i've been doing is getting up and right in the morning i'll do three sets of uh explosive jumping split squats to failure and that feeds my soul of course it's not something my conscious mind wants to do it's not something I want to do in the morning ever. Not once have I gotten up and been like, yeah, but I do it. And that feeds my soul in a potent way for the rest of the day, the whole day. Then I'm bringing a certain energy and this touches on different things. We're talking about feeding your nature with certain things. So writing is something that feeds your soul. If reading, if doing paint, painting like Winston Churchill or doing, you know, whatever it is, um, be aware of how things make you feel because if you're doing something that you think you should be doing or you're doing something because it's your job but you fucking hate it and it's not aligned with your passion or purpose then you should jump ship as soon as possible because it's slowing you down and it's dragging you down into the mud if you're doing something that's enriching your soul everything becomes easier there's no friction anymore it's very mm -hmm. easy for me in a way to do jumping split squats every morning because i know that's feeding my soul. This is moving in the direction I want to go in. And so it's not like, but my point is that's not for everyone. Of course, uh, it just mm -hmm. so happens to be for me. And so your listeners just, they want to lean into their own edge. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I could go on forever on that subject, but I'll, yeah, no, that's, <laughs> I love that subject. And I think carving out that time, like at the end of the night or whenever you're most creative to just have no obligations and to be able to go down rabbit holes and just like, oh, I came up with this crazy idea. I'm just going to write about it. And there's no stress attached to it. You operate from that place of pure creativity and no pressure. I realize it's huge just for my quality of ideas, my vision for the future, et cetera. And another piece you hit on with like tapping into things that are in alignment with your soul, like for me, that's always been playing sports, but for somebody else that could be like making music or like you said, like drawing or painting or doing art. Like, I think we can often get so caught up in this productivity trap where we need to be doing something for a goal all the time. But I think it's really powerful to just engage in that state of play. Like after this podcast, I'm going to go play pickup basketball for like two hours and I'm going to completely forget that I'm a creator or I'm an entrepreneur and I'm just going to be some dude at the gym hooping, playing five on five. And that brings me so much energy and it just fills my soul up with like, I just love being alive. Like, I think everybody needs something like that. You need some type of hobby to cultivate, to get you in the flow state and just get you out of your conscious neurotic brain. And then I notice, coincidentally, it's not even for this purpose, but like tonight, I'm assuming after I'm done playing basketball, my creativity is going to be so much higher because I just elevated my consciousness essentially by engaging in a state of deep play. So I think everybody needs something like that.
Yeah, hundred percent. And that is going to be that's such an important lever that like try to sit in a room and be creative for four hours straight. Good luck. Like you mm-hmm. need to give your brain the rest in many cases, but just the changed state needs to focus on something else and it'll be assorting files in the background to what you want yes. to do. And part of like leaning into my own nature, another thing I'll say on that is like, I find that really rigid routine actually sort of puts my mind in a box where it's not as creative and it's not as efficient. And for me, I've treat my day with way more fluidity than I used to. When I was ski racing, Mm -hmm. I didn't have the option. And I'm sure at another time in my life, I'm not going to have the option. But recently, you know, I'm working for a startup remote so I can handle the timing on that myself. And then I'm doing the creative stuff here and the coaching. And it's, it's always like a little bit of loose guidelines throughout the day. Like, okay, I do need to deep work, deep work, deep work. And then after my deep work sessions and my morning routine, the rest is very loose. It's like, okay, well, what do I feel like doing? Ah, well, I slept like shit last night or I ran 10 miles a day before, so I'm going to nap. Or it's like, I actually have a lot of energy. I'm going to work on this project or I'm going to have a phone call with my friend or leaving it open, I think is powerful for just keeping your mind agile and flexible and open to uh, operating at its highest uh, output. So. Yeah. I love that concept. I just came up with a term. I got to write about this or something, but like deep juxtaposition where Mm. in in one end of the spectrum, you're very regimented, you're very routine, you do your deep work, but then you leave a lot of space to just tap into your intuition and just kind of flow through your day. I think you need both because without any structure or routine, you're going to be completely disoriented. You're never going to make progress, but without that ample space to be creative and just like flow through life, you're going to become too rigid and then your creativity is going to suffer. So for me, it's like, I I just love the deep work in the morning. And then afternoon, ideally, it's a little bit more unstructured where it's, if I want to go play basketball, I can play basketball. If I want, if I get really creative and I want to write, I'll do that. But there's no pressure attached to it. Mm -hmm. It dials down into like, I love thinking about things from how we are, you know, genetically, how we have evolved and the derivative of our nature from this current scenario we find ourselves in where we have timetables and calendars and jobs and obligations and all these kinds of things. Back in the day, you know, you would do your deep work in the morning where you're out hunting or gathering or building something. Um, But the, you know, usually the rest of the day is very loose like oh, I'm going to siesta. Oh, I'm going to hang out with Jojo or whatever. Like keeping it open, I think is it feeds my soul. And it's more of like, that is more of a natural state for a man to be in, uh, you know, and a woman, I speak more about men because I am a man um, contrary to popular belief. <laughs> nah. <laughs> uh, and operating from that sort of primal uh take things as they come, handle situations as they come, just be constantly like a revolving door of action and outcomes, but always like keeping that North star in mind, like, okay, even watching chimp empire, like they had a North star. They actually have a North star of keeping a cohesive 
unit family together and a territory that is explicit. That is their goal. And some of them have the, you know, sub-level goals of I'm going to be the leader. I'm going to be right-hand man. I'm, you know, the matriarch or whatever. But having the goal acting as though like you're the leader of your own soul, knowing your North star, but then also taking the day as it comes, they would go and siesta in the tree, but they're like, I'm going to siesta right now because tomorrow we're going to take back some territory. So Mm -hmm. there's, there's this fluidity to life that we have lost in many ways because of the grind and the atomic habits and the Huberman's and the Hormoses and all of these, like, do this. If you want to be successful, do this routine, implement these systems. And like, fair to an extent like you fall to the level of your systems you fall to the level of your training when shit hits the fan but what if your systems allowed for your true nature to really come forth and manifest in the best way possible and so that's the journey that i'm on on a day-to-day basis and it's been fucking working yeah i resonate with that deeply and i've found the same stuff to be true like when I tried to follow all these prescriptions and just like, you have to do this at this time, you have to like work 12 hours a day. It just never worked out for me, but realizing that nobody can actually give you the blueprint. Like you almost have to forge your own path. You can take lessons from people, but you have to figure out what's best for you. That served me incredibly well over the past few months. So dude, we could riff on these topics for so long. I know we've been probably going about an hour 20. So I think it's probably a good place to, to hop off, but yeah. we definitely got to do another one in the future. Cause there's some topics that we didn't get into that I had written down mm-hmm. that I really want to get into. Yeah. I'd love to do it again. I know we've already only scratched the surface on a lot of these yeah. things, but no, really appreciate you having me on. And it was great to imprint my message to whoever is listening. And I, I wish everyone all the best and that they, find alignment, find energy, and ultimately can, you know, move every day with fulfillment and openness presence towards their North star. I love that, man. And before we hop off, I'll give you a chance. Like what can people expect of you? Where can they find you? Do you have anything to promote? Yeah. I mean, I am running a coaching business from my Twitter account. Um, and if anyone's interested, they can follow my page at based ethos on Instagram and Twitter. They can hit my link tree and sign up for a free coaching call if they want. Um, I will also be coming out with a personalized subconscious reprogramming uh, tool, leveraging AI, uh, a book that's like an 80 page compendium of sort of everything I know on these topics. And those will be for sale soon, but you know, I'm still the sketchy anonymous page that I think, you know, my message is the most important part. And that's why I've stayed anonymous is I don't want me as a person to be taking away from my message. I also don't want to lose my job, but (laughs) I'm about to risk it all and come out of the anon closet and try to, you know, just keep moving this forward. And I think that, um, you know, if you're an athlete, if you are struggling with addictions um, or just feeling a bit aimless without a sale, then my program can be very beneficial for you as it has for 
multiple pro athletes and a bunch of other guys that I've coached over Twitter. So if they're interested, sign up for a free call. And um, that do- that's not going to be 30 minutes of me pitching you the program. That's going to be 30 minutes of me helping you out. And if it's aligned, then we can move forward from there. But at Based Ethos on all the platforms is where you can find me. Awesome. And I'll link all that below. Definitely check this guy's stuff out. He knows his stuff. One of the coolest accounts I follow on Twitter. So anyways, man, I appreciate you coming on. This was a ton of fun. Appreciate you too. All the best.